Hello, mighty warriors of God, and welcome to MI15. Today is Monday, February 28, 2022, and this is day 1444 of our journey together. Thank you so, so much for tuning into our podcast. My name is Jackie, and welcome, welcome, welcome to you. So let's go ahead and get started. Father, we glorify you, we honor you, and thank you so much. Thank you, Lord, for being our sovereign God. Thank you, Lord, for keeping your hedge of protection around us all night and all day. Thank you for blessing us with, you know, even the desires of our heart, Father. Uh, I thank you for helping us to remain humble and uh, put aside every and any bit of pride and serve you with a whole heart. I thank you, Father, for comforting the brokenhearted and healing the sick and blessing those who may be in financial need. I ask, Father, that you will speak today, that it be all about you and not about me. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory to God, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. Today's message is stop running. Yep. Some of you are running from God. I've been there, done that. I know what it looks like and I know what it feels like. (laughs) It's time. This is your day to stop running from God. We're coming out of Jonah chapter one, starting at verse one. And I'm going to probably tap into some of chapter two. Um, So starting at verse one, it says, The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittah. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because its wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. Now, one of the things about Nineveh, let me just read to you out of my commentary because it's pretty powerful and uh, why Jonah hated Nineveh. God uh, told Jonah to preach to Nineveh, the most important city in Assyria, the rising world power of Jonah's day. Within 50 years, Nineveh would become the capital of the vast Assyrian empire. Jonah doesn't say much about Nineveh's wickedness, but the prophet Nahum gives us more insight. Nahum says that Nineveh was <clears throat> guilty of evil plots against God. That's Nahum. 1 verses 9, exploitation of the helpless, Uh, again, uh, Nahum 2 and 12, Uh, cruelty in war, also in chapter uh, 2, verse 12 and 13, idolatry, prostitution, witchcraft. Um, Yeah, Uh, God told Jonah to go to Nineveh, about 500 miles northeast of Israel, to warn of judgment and to declare that the people could receive mercy and forgiveness if they repented. Nineveh was a powerful and wicked city. Jonah had grown up hating the Assyrians and fearing their atrocities. He, his hatred was so strong that he didn't want them to receive God's mercy. Jonah was actually afraid the people would repent. That attitude is a bad attitude um, because We wouldn't be where we are if God didn't show us mercy. All right, so let me read on. I wanted to make sure to give you that backdrop. So it says, uh, so, but Jonah ran from the Lord and 
and headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa, where he found a ship about bound for that port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. Then the Lord sent a great wind on the sea, and such violent a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up. All the sailors were afraid, and each cried out to his own God. And they threw the cargo into the sea to lighten the ship. But Jonah had gone below deck, where he lay down and fell into a deep sleep. The captain went to him and said, How can you sleep? Get up and call on your God. Maybe he will take notice of us so that we will not perish. And and here, uh, this, this captain had no idea that all of this was coming about because of Jonah's disobedience and running from God. Verse 7 says, Then the sailors said to each other, Come, let us cast lots to find out who is responsible for this calamity. They cast lots and the lot fell on Jonah. So it's almost like pulling straws who, you know, whoever uh, got the short one, short stick (laughs) was the guilty one. So they asked him, tell us who is responsible for making all this trouble for us? What kind of work do you do? Where do you come from? What is your country? From what people are you? I mean, they're trying to figure it out because this is not normal. He answered, I am a Hebrew and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. This terrified them and they asked, what have you done? They knew he was running away from the Lord because he had already told them so. The sea was getting rougher and rougher. So they asked him, what should we do to you to make the sea calm down for us? Pick me up and throw me into the sea, he replied, and it will become calm. I know that it is my fault that this great storm has come upon you. Instead, the men did their best to to row back to land, but, but they could not, for the sea grew even wilder than before. And these are, you know, these are avid uh, uh, sailors. I mean, they were used to being on the water, but this storm was unlike any other because God was not pleased with Jonah running from him. Then they cried out to the Lord, Please, Lord, do not let us die for taking this man's life. Do not hold us accountable for killing an innocent man. For you, Lord, have done as you pleased. Then they took Jonah and threw him overboard, and the raging sea grew calm. You see how quickly things shifted when the perpetrator of the harm or of the disobedience was done away with, was put off the boat. At this, the men greatly feared the Lord and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows to him. So it sounds like they changed from their little G gods to the God of all people, to the creator of all things. And I mean, even though Jonah acknowledged who God was, he still was running from him. Now the Lord provided a huge fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. From inside the fish, Jonah prayed to the Lord his God, and he said, In my distress I called to the Lord, and he answered me. From deep in the realm of the dead I called for help, and you listened to my cry. I'm going to 
jump down to verse 7. He says, when my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord, and my prayer rose to you, to, to your holy temple. Those who cling to worthless idols turn away from God's love from them, for them. But I, with shouts of grateful praise, will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed, I will make good. I will say salvation comes from the Lord. And the Lord commanded the fish and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. So you see, he finally, Jonah finally confessed and, and understood that I will obey, Lord. I will go and I will preach to them. And then in chapter 3, verse 1, it says, Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Go to the great city of Nineveh and proclaim to it, to it the message I give you. Jonah obeyed the word of the Lord and went to Nineveh. And uh, for 40 more days, uh, it says in verse 4, Jonah began, began by going a day's journey into the city proclaiming, 40 more days and, and Nineveh will be overthrown. The Ninevites believe God. A fast was proclaimed and all of them from the greatest to the least put on sackcloth. That's the sign of mourning and repenting in this case. Um, when Jonah's warning reached the king of Nineveh, he rose from his throne, took off his royal robes, covered himself with sackcloth and sat down in dust. This is the proclamation he issued in Nineveh by the decree of the king and his noble. Do not let people or animals, herds or flocks taste anything. Do not let them eat or drink, but let the pe the people and animals be covered with sackcloth. Let everyone call urgently on God. Let them give up their evil ways and their violence. Who knows? God may yet relent and with compassion turn from his fierce anger so that we will not perish. You notice the difference between this sinful man, uh, how he quickly yielded to God and he repented. Uh, I mean, and they did this for a while as we study later, you know, they went back to their old wicked ways. But in this case, 40 days, they knew they only had 40 days to get it right. And uh, the king uh, on down to from the greatest to the smallest repented. And, and it says in verse 10, when God saw that what they did and how they turned from their evil ways, he relented and did not bring on them the destruction he had threatened. So they were saved. They were set free. It is so important that we don't run from God because just as we see here, it can be devastating. Point number one, why are you running from God, from your God-given assignment? Have you noticed how your running and avoiding God's instructions are affecting others? Uh, in your life, directly and indirectly, even when you know that you're running from God's assignment and it's affecting is affecting others negatively, you still choose to run from God by choosing to curl up in a ball and die, either spiritually or even sometimes we feel like it physically. That is just steadfast, de steadfast deeply rooted rebellion is what it is. I mean, we can sugarcoat it all day long. But running from God and disobeying God is considered rebellion. And rebellion is as unto witchcraft. 
So we must really take it seriously and understand how it affects not only us, but everyone else around us. And sometimes we wonder, why am I going through this or that? And God, why are you letting this happen when really it's not God? It's us uh, disobeying God and not doing God's will. Uh, Point number two, we must realize uh, that you can't avoid God's call in your life by running. Instead, you need to yield uh, your will unto God's will and just say, have your way, Father. (laughs) I surrender all, just like these wicked people did that were wicked in Nineveh, but but God's grace and mercy uh, cleaned them up because they had a repentant heart. And that is what we must have. And sometimes us as believers, especially some of us that's been doing this for a while in some cases, serving the Lord, sometimes we can get prideful. Sometimes we might feel like nobody else deserves mercy. Uh, Look at what they're doing. Uh, And then God brings back to our attention. Remember where you were when I delivered you? That's what God does to me anyway. (laughs) Remember what, how you used to dress? Uh, You have... You know, no room to, to even think about uh, any kind of uh, uh, evil thoughts about the way someone else is dressing. Even when you obey God's calling, you need to do it fully from your heart. Uh, you know, Jonah did, but then he still, he sulked and was angry and upset uh, that God delivered them, that God had mercy upon them. And when we do that, you know, we're being vindictive, trying to play God's role. And we're not God. <laughs> we are not God. And, and when we do that, that is what we are, how we're acting. Sulking and pouting does not exempt you or us from doing God's will. It is not going to work <laughs> because God knows our heart. God knows what he created us to do. So sulking might work with others. But it doesn't work with God and pouting and, you know, and and acting like, whoa, is me. No, it's time to put on our big girl or big boy panties and get busy doing what God called us to do. Sometimes it's hard to get this part, this side of it. Right. But on on each side, God blesses and he also corrects. So we've got to, there's a balance. We only think about the blessings sometimes, but there are punishments too. Uh, it's called sowing and reaping. And so sometimes we're reaping and we continue to keep reaping and reaping because we keep doing the wrong thing. And then we think it's God <laughs> when really it's us. We should humbly trust God to be there for us and with us every step of the way as we do what he's called us to do. He will be there with us. So don't be fearful or don't don't be angry because you don't feel like the the place that he's sending you is worthy of having you. I went through something like that uh, about um, seven years ago after we closed our bakery business at Crown Center. We didn't renew our contract after we had an opportunity to do another five years. And uh, at that time, they had changed things at Crown Center uh, and business had just dropped drastically. They took out a lot of the stores that people enjoyed going to and replaced it with one gigantic store on the third floor. Um, and uh, during construction, people stopped coming. So it was really... It was, we were struggling. Let me put it like that. That last 
year and a half there for five years because of the construction that took place. And hey, they own the building. It was their right to do what they wanted to do. And but we had a right or choice to say, no, we're not going to renew. So after that, I decided, you know, to just start doing some catering, uh, box lunches, delivering to, to different jobs and and trying to make a living that way because I refused to go to corporate, the corporate world to work. I had been hurt from that area, from that, you know, uh, type of uh, workforce years, years prior, uh, experienced lots of prejudice and racism and unfair treatment. I hated corporate. I hated what they stood for in the corporate world. It was more about, you know, um, you know, step on the little people and take advantage of them and have them do the, train the ones that we bring in that we want to be, you know, uh, leaders. And, 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 and that's what I dealt with. And so um, I remember, you know, that catering piece doing those box lunches just wasn't enough income coming in that we needed in our household. And all my kids, our kids were grown and it moved on out, but between me and my husband. And so, you know, I had to find something. And one of the companies that I catered uh, lunches to, my sister Jill worked there and she was a supervisor. And she said, Jackie, you know, we need help. And, uh, you know, it was a bank and you could work here and you could be a loan processor. And I'm like, well, I've never done that before. She said, oh, you can learn and it's, you know, I'll help you, blah, blah, blah. So I applied as a temp and I got the job and, you know, went through the process and I really didn't want to be there. It was scary because it was so many thousands, it seems like, of people there. <laughs> I just really liked the little small companies. And, and, and prior to that, I wanted to work for the Center for Conflict Resolution and applied there and was trying to hold out because they needed more funding to pay for my salary. And they had been applying for grants and didn't have any enough funding yet. So I said, okay. And I, I took that job. And while being there... <clears throat> God had an assignment for me, and I ran from that assignment. I'll never forget when uh, we went to lunch, and I went with a group of ladies that was on the team I worked with, and we're all sitting in the cafeteria. I mean, they had a big cafeteria and all that. It was really kind of <laughs> overwhelming for me, and uh, I get in there with them, and I'm sitting across from the table with them, and they just started going at it and cussing and going off about the job and <clears throat> gossiping and talking about, you know, just the things that we do, right? And I said, excuse me, and uh, got up from the table, and I said, I'll see y'all upstairs, and ran to my car, literally, y'all. I ran to my car, took my lunch, and sat in the car, and I was like, ah, calm, and ate, and all of a sudden, the Lord said, what are you doing? Why are you here? This isn't where I called you to be. Go back in there. And I was like, but Lord, but Lord, go back. Literally, I promise you, I got up and I went back in and I sat with those ladies day after day after day and just listening. And God showed me their hearts and he showed me in each and every one of them. It might have been about six to eight of them. 
the hurt that they were dealing with on the job, the unfair treatment, the things they were dealing with in their homes. And he gave me a glimpse into each of their lives. And he allowed me and my husband to help them in certain aspects of their lives. It was unbelievable. Within the six months I was there, I encountered each of them separately uh, some a little longer than others. One, we ended up picking her up from work because her car broke down, taking her to work from her house, taking her to work, taking her kids to the daycare, picking them up from daycare, those kind of things, taking her car to the shop. Uh, her husband or boyfriend had gotten put in jail for, you know, uh, unfair reasons. Uh, you know, it was just so many things that was going on in their lives. And then to top it all off, <clears throat> a new supervisor uh, came in and uh, was treating uh, them extremely, uh, extremely uh, unfairly. I'll put it like that. So bad that I filed a case against her, and because uh, I was in the group. But you know, it it is what it is. But um, they uh, were just distraught. I mean, it just it was just like this dark cloud had came because the man that we worked under promised me a dollar raise. Uh, after being there a month, and I never got it. And that's why I went and made a complaint because I went to the new person that took over his position, and she said, no, you're not, no. And I thought, well, that's what was promised to me, ma'am, and blah, 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 no. So I went on, just like those people in Nineveh, I went on, I went on lockdown on prayer. <laughs> That's exactly what I did, and I was have have my Bible and my, at my workstation and on breaks reading. And then the ladies there that I was part of their team said, "Miss Jackie, uh, what are you reading?" And I started telling them about Jesus, and uh, each and every one of them had the opportunity to accept Jesus Christ. God had me uh, take them into the break room that not the break room, the it was like a conference room that the employees could use. And we were able to sit and I shared with them about the love of Christ and, and gave, they had the opportunity to accept Jesus at that time. And most of them did. And I, God blessed us with Bibles. I was able to give them each a Bible. And, you know, and then I would say a little after that, uh, CCR, the Center for Conflict Resolution, called me and said, if you're still available, we have a position now that we can pay you. And, and we would love for you to come. And I was like, yes. And it was like I had finished my course there. I did what God had me there to do. It was so much more involved. But just to give you an idea, and each of those women <clears throat> being treated so unfairly and praying for them and <clears throat> and and just building a bond, we, we had just like this great love, you know, with one another. And uh, they respected me. I respected them. It was a beautiful, beautiful bonding. And I am so grateful to God. As a matter of fact, one of the ladies, uh, we the church blessed her with some money to buy her children coats because they didn't have coats and it was freezing cold outside. And she was so grateful that one day she came to our church, maybe a week or two after that, and, and with an envelope saying, I'm here to pay my tithes on what you all blessed me with and gave us a big thank you card and said, thank you so much. But I had not seen anyone ever do that, come back to pay tithes on that. 
And it was just amazing the things God did uh, through me at that moment and in that short period of time. And so I encourage you to stop running, to yield, uh, to finish the course, whatever it is God has given you to do, because it's going to be a blessing not only to you, but for others around you. But if you run, it is going to be a hurtful thing, not only for you, but others around you. It's time to stop running. Now, if you don't know Jesus, that would be the first step. Romans 10 and 9 says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That, my friend, is the ultimate. I love you all so, so much. May the Lord bless and protect you. May his face radiate with joy because of you. May he be gracious unto you, show you his favor and give you his peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Men. And remember, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Please don't forget to check us out on our website, JackieBikesMinistries.org, J-A-C-K-I-E, Be Like Boy, U-Y-C-K-S Ministries.org. Check out the messages and please share them with others. Also, please subscribe to our website by entering your first and last name and your email address. And don't forget to check us out on TZoneKC.org. Org. Check out what we're doing in the community with our youth, teaching them workforce skills, life skills, and entrepreneurship development. Please become a partner. We would love to have your support. All right, Mighty Warriors, go forth and make it an awesome day, fulfilling the purpose that God has given you, and I will talk to you later. Bye-bye.